Hi, this is Children's Ministry Monthly, focusing on the needs of the everyday children's minister. Uh, I'm your host. My name is James, and uh, this is episode 11, brought to you the week of January 25th, 2009. Our first show since October 26th of 08. So sorry we've been gone for a while, but life happens, and, uh, uh, you know, co-hosts come and go. But uh, today I have a very special guest host with us, not, not, not our typical uh, fair, but I'm very exactly, very exactly, I'm very excited, that's what I was trying to say, to invite uh, no one, none other than my own wife, Miss Jennifer Kennison. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Welcome to Children's Ministry Monthly. Well, thank you. Which is a lot like our basement right now. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's fancier. It's very good. Um, <clears throat> we're going to do things a little different, a little different order this this time around. Typically, we do ministry updates and blah, blah, blah. But we're going to jump right into our monthly topic. And if you'd like to hear ministry updates and, and uh, input and, and news and emails and stuff like that, you can listen through and uh, hang on in the end. If that's not your favorite stuff, then you can listen to the main topic and then skip the rest of it. Uh, we hope you'll be with us for the whole thing. Uh, Jesus will love you more if you wow. do. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Jesus, sorry. All right, uh, monthly topic this week is, uh, or this month rather, is the children's pastor's wife, surprisingly enough. I asked Jennifer to come on, tell us a little bit about it. We're going to do an interview style. I'm just going to ask you a few questions. Okay. And I'd like you to answer them as honestly as possible, okay? I will try. Okay, first of all, how much of my own paycheck should be I be allowed to keep for myself? Zero. Oh. <laughs> That Dang was it. not on the list. No, it's not. All right. Um, <laughs> did you know uh, that you had married a pastor when you'd married me? No. No. Not at all. Didn't even, never even crossed my mind. Didn't, we didn't come from any pastoral background mm-hmm. like a lot of pe- pastors do. Church families. I mean, yeah, church but, families. My parents went to church, but, uh, but that's all they did. They weren't even involved in church, but, uh. So what did what do you what did you think when it started transforming? Well, it, it really helped a lot that um, we were both called into ministry at the same time. Yep. I mean, I, and I think I was called more to be your support. I, I don't think I was called to be a pastor as well. Mm-mm. But um, but I felt the call the same night you did, and we even felt it separately. So it wasn't even something like I I felt. Like you fed off my, yeah, or I or, fed off you, right? Like we were pressuring each other or anything. So, I mean, that part of it made it made it easy to at least know we were doing the right thing and going in the right direction. And just to tell a little bit of that story, um, I knew I was called to ministry since I was eight years old, but I had you know kind of run away from it and uh, had lost track of it. And though I was living a good life um, when Jennifer and I were first married, um, you know, we were just going to live. We were just going to live our life. And we were at a church meeting of some sort one night, and um, it wasn't a particularly great one. I think it was even a youth service. And, it was a choir of the fire. Yeah, yeah and it was during, um, like, the praise time. It wasn't even during a very deep spiritual time, but I felt like I needed to sit down and talk to God, and I did. And long story short, the same thing was going on with Jennifer, who, um, you know, I had my eyes closed. I had no idea what was going on with her. She wasn't particularly, you know, spiritual. She didn't really love the Lord. Oh, my um, gosh. <laughs> No, uh, but no, I opened my eyes after my little experience and uh, realizing that I needed to go to Bible school and get my life uh, going that direction. And before I can even open my mouth, my wife looks at me and says, we need to we need to go to Bible school. And I was like, oh, so it was like one of those moments you hear about, but you kind of 
don't believe. Yeah, that's true. It does kind of sound like that now. It's kind of took it for granted <laughs> yeah. then. Yeah, it's like one of those testimonies. I needed $500 and the mail came and it was $500. Oh, and you're like, yeah, praise the Lord, fake. Which just never, <laughs> never happened to us. Yeah. <laughs> We've never gotten money in the mail. But yeah, anyway. But if you'd like to bless us that way, you know, you can. Yeah, send away. So um, what, uh, we're skipping a, a large part of the story, but the sh- show's mostly about the effect that being a uh, transitioning from a regular wife into a pastor's wife had on you. So my next question is what has changed about church and your family uh, as your husband became a full-time pastor? Well, I know uh, one thing for me um, that was kind of a bad thing was church went from, it's kind of like the difference between visiting Disney World as a tourist and working at Disney World. Mm. You know, Explain. it's, well, church went from something that's almost a not really a social, it is a social thing, but, you know, almost a, you know, spectator thing. You go there, you, it's all about you. You get to do whatever you want. Um, and there's, you know, there might be work involved, but only if you want to do it, mm. only if you feel like it. And if you don't go to church, yeah, no if big you don't, deal. Yeah, if you get up in the morning and you just don't feel like it, yeah, you're, you don't have to be there. I would say it, that the magic, I, I know Disney World when you went to as a kid versus Disney World when you go as a grown-up. Is is different um, as well because the magic yeah is gone and I bit. think that's where I was going with the Disney World thing is yeah it just church was always like you you get this idea in your head that everything's kind of perfect at church nothing else is perfect anywhere else in the world but at church you know it's just a little bit better and then once you work there you realize that it's made up of people who are very far from perfect yep. including yourself yeah so. well, I can't tell you how many people mm-hmm. we have hired on in uh, positions like maintenance or whatever and then they quit. Uh, a few weeks later because they, they must have thought we just floated around on clouds and kissed each other in the office all day. But like you don't angels. actually have to work. Yeah. <laughs> Not really hard We're just, we're just pray for each other just, and we just bless each other. It just gets done. <laughs> so um, that part of it for me was it was kind of hard. But we eased into the transition too, which was nice. Is you, you started at the church we're at now as an intern. Mm-hmm. And an intern's kind of a nice place to be because... A happy you, medium. It's yeah, a little bit of both. There's really no expectations out of you, but you, you I don't know. have any responsibilities, really. No, but you're very involved. Nobody has any expectations of me. Yeah. Except that sometimes they found out I had keys. Mm. That was fun. Yeah. So, I mean, that part of it. And, and we started out doing youth, and I wasn't much older than the youth at the time anyway. So wow. I was able to kind of blend in then. You were older. You just didn't look like it. I remember you got stopped. Yeah. One time coming out of the youth department. But I was only about five years older than them. <laughs> that's still, that's significant. It that's, is, but enough. looking back, I was really, really young. But, but you were in your 20s. You were I in your low 20s. I, I'm old now. I don't want to give people the impression <laughs> that I picked one up out of the youth group, okay? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we were only three years apart. <laughs> yeah. So You um, were young, too. <laughs> so uh, church, uh, what changed about church? You said the magic kind of changed the, the, you know, finding out about the drama behind it all. It's like seeing the trash cans behind, you know, behind the scenes at Disney World. You know, mm-hmm. you just don't think exactly. of it that way. I, I'd like to add some stuff in there, too. I know some things you mentioned was we all of a sudden were not driving together to church as a family right how'd that affect you Um, because you're left to basically get the kids ready yeah nowadays which that we kind of eased into that too because we didn't have kids when it first started true but it was that's something you deal with now yeah it is and it's kind of hard i mean i i guess i've never known it any other way so that makes it easier in a way we never went to church as a family with the kids when you weren't a pastor right right if that makes any sense so 
you know, that's but always... But it was nice going together and sitting. Yeah, it was, it was nice to have someone to sit with, too. If I go to church now, usually you're busy or you're doing a service or something, so I'm by myself, and it's kind of weird. Sometimes I feel like a single mom when wow. I have the kids. <laughs> well, you know, and our church is so big, a lot of people don't know me. They True. probably think I'm a single mom, too. But, yeah, it's just strange. But, um, yeah, and that, part, and that part of church can be frustrating, too, because if— if I'm having a bad day or I need help with the kids on Sunday, it's just forget it. Mm. You know, so I have to leave early. Yeah, you've got to leave early, and you're 100% busy the whole time you're there. The entire time. So, what changed in our family? You think, if anything? Um, I know when you first became a full-time pastor, um, there was a lot more time to yeah, a lot more time demands on you. And um, it really ate into our weekend. You know, we pretty much had Sundays. Yeah, we went to church Sunday morning, but then we kind of had the rest of the day, and we could go Sunday night if we felt like it. But it was, you know, and I worked full-time at the time. So I remember thinking, you know, we were busy all day Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and in between there wasn't much time. And then um, I worked all week, and so the only day we had at all was Saturday, mm. which was really, I thought that was that was really tough on our relationship. Yeah, it was. I remember we had to re- we had to change our my days off to where it was Friday and Saturday, so at least we had the two. And then I think you— I went part-time so went that I part had time Fridays off. So she could have Fridays off. Wow. That was, I remember that. that was yeah, a, that was a huge change that for was. us. That was. And it turned out to be a good transition into uh, you you going you know, and staying home. We didn't right. know it at the time. I mean, we waited eight years before we had kids. So it was a long transition for us. And you were a pastor quite a few years yeah. before we had kids. Yeah. Right, four or five years. Um, another thing that I would add is uh, going from being an intern to a full-time pastor, uh, that was a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> that was really an advantage, <laughs> a big advantage. So, yeah, but there was a lot of time demands and a lot of evenings, mm-hmm. you know. And um, back then, uh, there was just a lot going on. Well, and it was a big deal it was at first. New. Yeah, when it was a new ministry, that was a huge deal. I mean, the demands on me were huge because I was your only help you could definitely count on. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't have a ton of workers at first. I, I was thinking about it. You know, I've really given away a lot of what I used to do to many different people because yeah. you've gotten the workers in. And, you know, a, a lot of it I just did to help you out. It wasn't really like I really wanted to do every single, you know, detail out there. So. Well, it was a unique situation too. We came in following a guy um, that did a great job, but but the pa- the church wanted something different from the ministry, and um, he'd been there a long time and had a very loyal, very dedicated group of uh, leaders, and a lot of them went with him, mm-hmm. and which is typical, pretty typical. And we 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 got who was left over or who people who stayed, I guess, and uh, it was hard. So not only building relationships with a skeleton crew. Uh, but dealing with the reality, we didn't have enough. Right. Um, what expectations do you think people have of you at church as a pastor's wife? Um, I don't know. I, I think our church is a little bit unique because there's, what, 14 pastors on staff, and I'm one of many pastor's wives, so I don't carry the same expectation as, say, the senior pastor's wife. Right. But in general, I mean, I think people have the expectations of a pastor's wife of – you know, that they should be, I think a lot of people have in their idea in their head that they should be the social ones and they're going to plan all the parties. And, you know, I I guess people have varying expectations. Well, did you have any confrontations with any people with weird expectations when we yeah, first made this were, transition? There were a couple of people. Um, one lady came up to me and said that 
I needed to be friendlier, or I wasn't very nice. Or I don't remember. She wasn't a very nice lady now that I think about it. So, And then someone else came up. There, there was quite a few, especially when I was pregnant, quite a few people come up to me with just bizarre things, you know, that I need to be doing this or I need to be doing that. or you know. Just judgmental. Yeah. Because one thing about me that I think is, is harder or doesn't fit the pastor's wife stereotype is I'm pretty shy. Mm-hmm. And I do great with people once I get to know them. And um, I think I'm pretty friendly at that point. But getting to know new people, I have a hard time with that. You know, unless I'm in a situation where I'm working with them or I'm in a situation where I'm, you know, with them a lot, then then I do fine. But I think a lot of people have that expectation the pastor's wife should be outgoing and she should come up to everybody that's new and make them feel welcome. And Do you uh, find that when you're not that way that people give you the benefit of the doubt and assume that you're shy or do they assume something else? I think it's very because I, I know – at one point, a couple of people had assumed I didn't like them or I was just hard, you know. I think that happens a lot. Yeah, I think people do, do th- you know, default to I don't like them or I disapprove or something. Because I guess, you know, people are, when you're a pastor's wife, you're kind of a public figure, you know, as much as a pastor is. And what, what you think about people matters to them. Mm-hmm. And, um, have you had to do anything to change, or have you become more sensitive to that? Is that has that affected anything? You know, eight years later, nine years later. Yeah, I try to try to chit chat with people more. I try to talk more. Try to smile. Make sure I try to say hi. You know, make eye contact with people. The other bad thing about me is I grew up up north, and you just don't make eye contact with people. It's not a normal social thing to do. Mm-hmm. And. Um, and I really had to learn to do that, to smile and say hi. And, and it kind of sounds kind of silly now, but, um, you know, and just just make sure that, that I greet people and everything. Because one, one thing, especially early on, is I was so busy trying to get all these little details together. And I'm very, uh, you know, goal-oriented, focused type of person. So if I'm busy doing something, I'm not going to stop and chit-chat. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to stop and say hi or anything. You've got the same problem. If I've got a busy morning and the kids yeah. want to say hi, it's hard to stop mm-hmm. and, and pay attention to them like you want to. Yeah. Um, what do you think? All right, we talked about people's expectations. What do you think the job of a pastor's wife really is? I, you know, honestly, I, I think it can vary all the way across the board. The only, the, really, a pastor's wife isn't a job. I mean, their only job is to be the pastor's spouse. So whatever that entails between them and the pastor, mm. you know, technically that's really all they're, you know, required to do. That's good. That's really good. It isn't a job. It's a title we give, but yeah. it doesn't mean they're paid. It doesn't mean that they have to. That's huge. Because, I mean, you know, when, when I used to work, I was, a, you know, CPA. But and I wasn't a CPA <laughs> nobody, spouse. Nobody ever had a single expectation out of you. <laughs> Especially after I showed up dressed like a flower boy, a flower delivery person that one time delivering flowers to you. But yeah, I mean, I was a manager, but nobody expected you to be, you know, yeah. in there helping me manage. <laughs> nobody wanted you looking at times. walking stories. around. Hey, um, my wife, Jennifer, uh, wanted me to bring this to you and tell yeah. you that you're fired. <laughs> yeah, really. That's huge. Yeah. And if I was a plumber, no, nobody. people wouldn't be calling you. You know what? Your husband redid my sink. And uh, you know, do you think you could come look at this toilet? I he's expect busy, but you need to be nicer. Yeah. Because I expect my plumber's wife <laughs> to take an interest in me. Oh, gosh. 
But I mean, I think a pastor's wife is a, a position that, that you are called to in a way. Mm. I mean, and so I think, it, so I think you know, you it is be. different than a secular job. But at the same time, I, I still don't think you can say a pastor's wife should be this or, you know, a pastor's wife should sing wonderfully. A pastor's mm. wife should play the organ. A pastor's wife, should, you know, you just you can't. It, people should not be disqualified from ministry because their wife doesn't do this or that. I think, you know, a pastor's wife. The only job is to help out her husband, however that is. Sometimes it's just staying home and taking care of the kids while he's at work. You know. So what expectations do I have of you as a pastor's wife? Um, you've always had the expectation that I do whatever I want to do. What I do what whatever I'm comfortable with, whatever I'm wanting to take on. If I start to do something and don't want to, you know, or if I'm in something and want to get out of it, um. Does that make it? No. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah, that that um, you know, I can be as involved, as much involved or as little involved as I want to be. There you go. Yeah, that's. But um. So yeah. uh, have I ever? Have I ever? Um, I don't know. Forced you to do anything? No, you've asked me to do things before, um, and there's things that I've done and started to help you out, and you've transitioned someone else in there for me because I don't want to keep doing it forever. Jennifer started off with me basically doing everything. She was coordinator because I was on stage in, in, in Jam City. She was door person. She was check-in person. Um, she was the person that passed out candy and divided all that up. Uh, she counted offering. Um, she, she did everything. And then it, it, she transitioned out of some of that. She was missionettes director for a while, and, and we've recently been able to put, um, I guess a year ago now, a year and a half yeah. ago, recently been able to transition someone else in there. Um, Jennifer now does check in. She just started doing that. She likes working the computers. Such um, a great system. <laughs> it's better, definitely better than what we started with. Mm-hmm. And uh, she does uh, the straight person um, on the stage uh, opposite a puppet character called Scripture Man. And um, that's about the only thing that... Uh, you really act like you hate doing, even though I know secretly you're cool with it. Well, yeah, if I wasn't cool with it, I'd quit by now. <laughs> but but uh, oh, God. have I ever – yeah, I mean, I just want to get that point across, I guess, to pastors um, that maybe, you know, feel like their worker issues are so big. I think sometimes they put that on their spouses. And it, like you said at the beginning, you were the one worker I could count on, but even then – did I ever make you do anything you didn't want to do? No. Did I ever have unnatural expectations of you? No, I don't think so. No. Uh-uh. And I'm not perfect, but I'm saying I think that's important because I've kept her, people. I've kept her as the biggest and best helper of all. And honestly, that's that's a rule I have for everybody, not just her. When, uh, when somebody wants to leave, mm-hmm. I let them go. Jennifer's yeah. heard it. And as bad as it hurts, if it's the worst thing in the world, I let them go. I, with the door wide open for them to come back with letting them know, hey, you know, anytime and again and again and again. I mean, I can count on two hands the amount of workers we've gotten back. People just this morning, a lady named Bridget came back after three or four months. Oh, I saw her at check-in, yep. yeah. She's back, mm-hmm. and and Mary's back, and all these other people are back. Uh, you know, uh, our check-in family slash sound person, he was gone. He's back, yeah. you know. Um, again and again and again, it's it's just a great role. If you, if you lessen those expectations, they're volunteers, you know, and they work for God, not you. And God loves your ministry more than you, and he will take care of you. Uh, you know, I don't know, if you let it go and it comes back, it's really yours. So, um what uh, what is the hardest part of a typical Sunday for you? 
Um, you know, really, my Sundays aren't that difficult anymore. Really? Um, well, okay, then what has what have you what was what was and I mean because it um always you know if I do check in and it used to be a lot worse because the system was a lot slower and now I'm talking about precise. from the time you get up to the time oh. you get home. The hardest part is probably getting the kids ready, okay. getting them there by myself. You know, getting them all checked in and all that. And then, um, you know, just going to church by myself. Not really hard because I have someone to sit with and and all that. But, um, and, you know, within your ministry, because I always go to your, um, I go to church and then I go to children's church. And um, within your ministry, I think always the hardest thing is to me is I don't ever want to, like, turn somebody away or say the wrong thing but sometimes it's difficult dealing with people and you just you can offend them without even meaning to offend mm-hmm. them if that makes any mm-hmm. sense you know um so you know to me that that is probably the one part of it that i wish never happened i wish you know every and i am not a confrontational person i've never really argued with anybody or anything like that but it's just like i never want anything I say or do to turn anybody away. Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I do. Um, What, what is your response to people that uh, come up and want to talk about issues with children's ministry? Um, If I know how you feel about that certain issue, I'll usually tell them what you've told me. Mm -hmm. If I don't, or it's not something I want to tackle, I just say, go talk to Pastor James about it. I don't really know, or I can't really help you, you know. Because I know early on, you you told me a lot of folks were coming to you with things, and your impression was that they were coming to you to avoid having to come to me. Yeah, I think, and that probably happens a lot with pastor's wives, because it's just somehow easier to go to the pastor's Well, what would be your advice to somebody that feels like they have to answer those questions for their for their husband. I would refer them have those people refer them to their husband because I think it's cuz I know sometimes I'd try to fix a problem or try to answer it and I didn't even know the big picture of everything going on all the time. And I'd get stressed out about something that you'd known about, you know, or you'd already handled or you know, sometimes it's almost like a like your own kids, you know, You've Play already told her she can't have this, and you've already dealt with it, but then somebody wants to, you know, the, the kid wants to come at mom to see what she has to say, to see if she can get something different out of it. And, you know, I think that happened at times. But, um, but yeah, it's just don't take it on yourself because it's not really yours to take on, and and it's really your husband's no matter what. You'll, you'll stay in a lot less trouble and be a lot less stressed out if you don't try to try to answer yourself or try to take it on. Now, if it's informational and you can help the people and mm-hmm. save them questioning you, yeah, that's well, I rem- great. I remember the time I said, you came to me and asked me, what do I say to these people when da-da-da-da in this situation and that situation? And I said, here's here's the words. It'll save your entire life. Because I know you were really frustrated about it. Mm-hmm. I said, go ask Pastor James. I don't know. Go ask Pastor James. Yeah. And uh, that's huge. And I think pastors could really help their spouses, not just their wives, but if you're the female pastor and uh, your husband is getting bombarded, which I, I, I would doubt that happens as much just because of the yeah. personalities involved. But um, I don't know. Go ask them. Like you said, if I was a CPA, <laughs> yeah, what do I do on my 10-9, 10-4 s- <laughs> form? 
I, I don't know. Go ask <laughs> CPA Jen. I really don't know. I have no clue, and I think you just cussed at me. <laughs> oh, man. Um, what do you enjoy the most about having a spouse in full-time ministry? <laughs> the best part? Yeah. I've thought of is I never, well, I shouldn't say never, but for the most part, I never have to worry about whether or not you're going to go to church. <laughs> <laughs> Except for your days where you're like... There's a lot of wives that have to worry about that, ain't Yeah, they have to hound their husbands to be more spiritual. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Um, you know, and all joking aside, I think that is the best part is, you know, you can't really ask for a better husband or father figure than someone who's constantly, you know, in the Word and constantly teaching others mm. and all that, you know... You just can't, because you're going to have somebody who's always wanting to be better, and I just don't think you can go wrong with that. So. Wow, I'm blushing. <laughs> Jen's speaking hypothetically, of course. <laughs> yeah, I'm speaking of the, the perfect ideal husband, the, the pastor. perfect pastor husband. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so that's what you enjoy the most, huh? What would be number two? Number two. Well, I don't get a parking spot, so. Oh, that's not the best. That's the worst. Yeah, you used to get a parking spot. I know, and some people would park in it. That was probably <laughs> worse. So it's probably better that you don't. That's why I'm trying to focus on the positive. <laughs> I knew you had a list of negatives. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I knew. Um, now, you know, I, I really enjoy the the people, that the volunteers in children's mm-hmm. ministry. They've become like our family, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, and some of the people, like the... One lady, Terry, I mean, she's like a grandmother to our kids. You know, mm-hmm. my parents and your mom lives, live far away. So she's always somebody who's happy to watch the kids, you know, and that's just a great thing to have. And there's a lot of people who are just enjoyable to talk to. I, yep. I like seeing them every week, and they're just fun to be around. So I enjoy that. It is awesome. We, we've got people that have been there for years. I mean, longer mm-hmm. than we've been there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know how rare that is, but it is nice. It is nice. You know, we don't have a lot of drama, if any. In no, our ministries, either I, 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 I talk to a lot of children's pastors, and, and that's the big thing they deal with is gossip and backbiting and issues mm-hmm. between their people. I, I I don't know what it is. I don't know. Maybe it's the leadership. Maybe I, I know it's God. Maybe it's our just personalities or people. But when have we ever had any of that mess? Maybe anywhere? in the very very beginning. Yeah. There was some, but I dropped yeah. them people like a bad habit, didn't I? Well, I think it's a longevity, and I think the the fact that you don't put up with stuff, and you no, know. I don't. You, you face you face you can you confront things that come up and they don't fester no. like I think happens sometimes. So yeah, that's true. Being, that, uh, being from a family full of drama <laughs> makes me not want drama. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, most you know, I think people were, our volunteers work really hard and they don't have a lot of time to sit true. around and complain about something or another. So, Mm-mm-mm. um. What can spouses in ministry do to protect their wives and or husbands who aren't the pastor in the relationship? I think that... um, First of all, do they need protection? Sometimes they do. From what? And sometimes they they need protection from their own spouses, and sometimes they need protection from... Or their own spouse's expectations. And a lot of times they need protection from the church people. Mm. You know, like I've said before, we're kind of in a unique situation being in a large church where... Everybody doesn't know I'm pastor's wife, so everybody is not hounding me about things all the time. But I think in a smaller church, you know, they know and they expect as much out of the pastor's wife as they do out of the pastor. But I think that starts with, you know, what what the pastor, 
how the pastor treats his spouse and what what the pastor expects out of his or her spouse carries on to the people, you know, and how he treats her publicly is very huge. I know um, had a huge impression on me a long, uh, probably what, about six, seven years ago, mm-hmm. we were at a children's camp and the evangelist, um, his wife was helping him and uh, he yelled at her in the middle of service because yeah. his prop didn't work. He yelled at her, said she didn't do it right. Because he know. was embarrassed. Yeah. And yelled at his wife, and here his wife, in you know. In front of hundreds of people. You could tell she was doing everything. You know how you were talking about me in the beginning. You know, I was doing all, every every imaginable thing you could tell. Yeah, everything but speaking. She was doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, and for him to stand up there and yell at her. And I remember I told you, if you ever do that to me. Well, I don't even think I let you finish the sentence. Yeah. Because I'm like, when have yeah. I ever and would I but, ever do yeah, that? Yeah, it just, oh. But yeah, I mean, and even even in subtle ways, to, to never do that to your spouse. Never say, oh, well, it would have worked out better if so-and-so had done this. Or I can't believe, you know, so-and-so is not here. You know, it just don't ever talk bad about your spouse. Don't ever act like your spouse should have done something when they did, you know, when mm-hmm. it really wasn't their job. Don't ever put your failures on them. Or yeah. your, you know, things well, and that, that joke out. that wives sometimes make about their husbands when I get him raised, you know, mm-hmm. I've got a hundred and one children, you yeah. know, <laughs> exactly. knock you out, say that junk, not yeah. you, you but figuratively. It, but I think it's just, you know, respect them. And, you know, I think there's varying levels of, of spousal involvement. And, and that's I, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think there's anything right or wrong about that. You know, I like being involved. I I know some of the pastors' wives, even on staff at Sheffield, some of them are very involved and some are not involved at all. Right. And that's okay. You know, really their involvement means, you know, taking care of the kids, taking care of the house while their their husband, you know, does whatever he needs to do to do his ministry. I love what my my mentor said one time. A church asked him, what's your wife's involvement going to be if we hire you as a senior pastor? And he says, well, um, you are hiring me, not her. And I'd imagine her involvement would be no less or no more than any other member at your church. Oh, that's a good answer. Yeah, very good. And I found, just for the record, that you are more involved than I ever could have imagined and would have been if I had demanded it from you. Oh, yeah, because I your heart. hate it. it your yeah. heart is here. And like I said, God called both of us. And uh, husbands and wives that are going into ministry, I would wait until God has called both of you. Yeah. Because you're going to need that support because there's going to be extra time. There's going to be junk in your car. There's going to be junk in your house if you're from a small church and don't have storage that has to do with children's ministry. Easter's and Halloween and Christmas time mm-hmm. are going to be uh, shared and split between your family and the kids at church's families. Um, you're going to need that support. So uh, there you go. My prayer is that God would speak to both of you and get you both on the same page. Um, so reverse that last question I asked you. Um, what can the non-ministry spouse do to protect and help and support uh, the spouse that is in ministry? Um, one big thing is, unless it's a dire situation, just don't have any personal, don't bring up any personal discussions or try not to have any personal things right before, during, or after service. <laughs> I mean, you know, and if it's a dire situation, it just is, and that that's just going to happen. But, you know, if it's just you're mad because he didn't you know put down the toilet seat or something just something or because the kids were psycho yeah and he didn't really do anything wrong (laughs) something relatively petty just just try not to and you know it it almost helps that we go separately 
you know, because we don't really interact that much Before until after service, yeah. church is over. And I, I think that's actually a good thing in a lot of ways. But, yeah, I mean, it just makes his job all the, all the more harder. So just try not to – I know sometimes it's unavoidable, but right, try not right. to do anything like that. Um, and then just, I don't know, try to try to be a support. It's it's a tough job. And, it, you know, it, it's taken me a long time to learn that, I think, in that it's tough in a way that you can't even really – it's not tangibly tough. It's not tough like div- digging a ditch kind of tough. Mm. It's not physically tough, but mentally it can be really, really tough. Yeah, it's exhausting. And just, yeah, the the different things that you have. It's such a unique position. I would almost imagine, you know, like being married to a doctor or being married to someone in the military. There's just so many unique things that go with that position that you just have to learn how to cope with. And so. Is there anything I've missed? Any questions unanswered? Anything you'd like to add? Hmm. <laughs> there may not be. No, I don't think so. I think we covered everything. Excellent. Excellent. Um, guys, uh, if you guys have any input, if we've missed anything, we'd love to hear from you. You can call us at 206 600 you can email questions, comments, re- replies, even topic suggestions for future shows to monthly at gmail.com. And, uh, Jen, thanks. Thanks for taking time to do this. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, real quick, we're going to move. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to hit news, um, your input, some resources, and uh, then we'll close out the show. Uh, peace out. Give me some candy now. Hi, this is James. And this is Jen. I'm the geek. And I'm the nerd. And we do a little podcast called Geek Loves Nerd at geeklovesnerd.com. It's about our life and our kids and our marriage. And the end of it. Is that coming soon? Um, you probably hope so, but I I really would like to stay if you'd let me. Anyway, if you like hearing other people's business without actually having to know them, then you can listen to us every week at geeklovesnerd.com or look us up in iTunes. I think iTunes is rad. All right, we're back. We're going to uh, just tell you a couple of things. Um, again, it, it, we just got through saying 206-600-5704 is our uh, phone number. You can call us. Leave comments, suggestions, tips, whatever you want to do. If you if there's something you're really good at and you'd like to leave a tip for the show, record it. Send it to us. Email us at cmmonthly at gmail.com. Uh, you can join our group on cmconnect.org. There's groups there. CM Connect is a like a MySpace for children's pastors. It is awesome. Check it out. Uh, I mentioned last week, uh, last week, last time, we'd be giving away a Video Voltage Volume 2 200 video backgrounds um, and all I'd have to say was email uh, monthly at gmail.com uh, for the contest and we had four folks that decided to do that I was hoping there would be a few more but four was all there was Stacy Card, Chris Swartzel uh, Pastor Todd and Patrick Weaver I chose one at random by feeding them into a randomization engine and Patrick Weaver is uh, going to be taking that home. So, uh, Patrick Weaver, send me your address uh, from the same address you sent your reply to or your original, uh, you know, whatever, ballot, your email, and we'll get that out to you. So, congratulations. Um, We'd like to give away something else. Let me see what I got here. 
Um, video Voltage is going out to Patrick Weaver. Right here I have The Essential Collection Volume 3 from AnimationFactory.com. I have 12 CD-ROMs of animated clip art. Animated clip art that you can use in PowerPoint. It's awesome. Uh, CD1 has people, A through C. People, D through I. CD4 has animals. We have aquatic animals, birds, creatures, insects, sports, school, science, religious, buildings and businesses, food and nature, alphabets, uh, fire, flags, objects, accents, dividers, web buttons, and web text. Uh, 12 CD-ROMs full of uh, content. So we'd like to give that away. All you have to do is email us. And tell us what you like about Children's Ministry Monthly. Email it. Uh, and put put contest in the subject line. That's going to be the only way I'm going to know. I have an email filter that automatically tags your email as an entry when you put the word contest in your subject line. Send that to cmmonthly at gmail.com. We're going to read a couple of emails that came in in the last couple months. Hey, my name's Chris Swartzel, and I'm a children's pastor at and youth pastor at New Beginnings Church in Harrisburg, Virginia. I just started listening to your podcast. I enjoy it very much. I would like to be entered in your contest to win stuff. Thanks. Keep up the good work. Blessings, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Glad you're out there. Glad you're listening and glad. Uh, I'm assuming we've been a blessing. What do you think, Jen? I think so. Okay. Hi, James. Uh, this is from Jeremy Lee, by the way. Hi, James. Just started listening to your podcast about a month ago. Um, that's been like four months now, I suppose. Because, <laughs> you know, we haven't done a show in a few. Hmm. Uh, almost got through all of them. But as I was listening to episode 10, there were a couple things you were talking about, about children's ministry today. And I believe, uh, wait a minute, about how children's ministry today has, I believe, ended up um, as, as a result of failure in the church to educate the parents. We as a church staff and elders have been talking for the last several years on being strategic in our planning and our purpose. Personally, I have been at the church um, for about five years. The year before I came, the church had brought in our current senior minister, uh, and what we can look up back on now was that we have a sta- as a staff have uh, have to put on new wine into old wineskins. And now five years later, we were replacing that wineskin. As we look at the maturity slash lack of maturity of our believers today, um, why is that? The reality is that our church failed. I'm talking globally in the discipleship of believers. And now we're paying for it dearly, not being willing to push adults, teens and kids alike. So I think the question comes to how do we turn this ship? We have started to do this, and yes, we have lost people, but there is something that is really neat. Uh, six months, 12 months ago, I bapt- or six to 12 months ago, I had one baptism, six new members. Today, six um, months back, eight plus baptisms, 26 new members. Now, I'm not a numbers person, but something to look at for a, uh, it's something to look at a us, something for us to look at for encouragement uh, when we're focusing on where the Lord wants us to go. Uh, people's lives are being changed, being challenged to grow in their faith and study and the word for themselves. And when seeing those parents start to teach uh, it to... When those parents start to teach it to their kids, uh, we have parents that see ministry opportunities and then find a way to involve their kids. Example, showed up for a small group I'm a part of, and the kids needed to show me where the cow for the trunk display at our Halloween alternative was. Another was excited because they were going to be able to bring their quads so he could show their kids. Uh, so that's just a snip of my thoughts of what, what you said. Love it. In him, Jeremy Lee. I think what Jeremy's trying to say 
is that we've got to educate parents. We do have to help parents to learn what to do for their kids because I do think when it comes to spiritual things, kid parents feel incapable, un, uh, unable to do, do that. They don't know what to do. They think they can do it wrong, and you really can't. The only thing you can do wrong is not do anything at all. So thanks, Jeremy. I'm glad people in your church are excited about children's ministry. Glad things are turning around, and uh, glad you're listening. Appreciate it. If you'd like uh, to have something read on the show, if you have input, again, cmmonthly at gmail.com. Um, we do have a couple of resources real quick before we go. Um, I want to share that random um, selection thing that I used uh, with you. Um, I'm going to have the, the link in the show notes, but it's called the Random Student Selector, and it's a web-based application. Um, you just have a list of names. You cut and paste it into the text box, and you can click the random button, and it will choose, without selecting duplicates, um, a name. And then you can click it again and get a next name and a next name. So if you're choosing kids um, for a game and you have a small group of 30 kids, say, cut and paste them all in there, click a button, and they'll get chosen at random. Um, again, that link will be on the show notes, or you can type in random student selector into Google. Uh, I also want to share something I've known about for a while, and possibly you have too, but it's called the Brick Testament at thebricktestament.com. That's brick as in like Lego bricks. Uh, somebody, I don't believe they're Christian, they may be, but they have illustrated most, if not all, of the great Bible stories in the Old New Testament in Legos. And it is great. Some of them are funny. Some of them are serious. But I've used a lot of them as backgrounds when I'm telling my Bible stories, especially one that's particularly dry. And um, they, they, it's not just one image. It'll be a whole series of them. It's very cute and very fun. Even if you don't end up using it for ministry, check it out just for your own good fun at thebricktestament.com. Um, I found a lot of use out of uh, four-foot folding plastic tables that I found at Sam's Club, and I think they might have them at Walmart. But they're really cheap, about 20 bucks, and I use them for uh, you know putting my props on. I use them for doing games, and they're four-foot, they're plastic, they're foldable, adjustable height, some of them. You can find those at Sam's. They're great. Probably you know about them already, but if you don't, go and check them out. They're lightweight. They fit in the back of your car. Some of I don't suggest the ones that fold in half because those suckers, they seem like they're going to be ultra-portable. They're a pain. You have to fold them down a lot, and you have to fold the legs down, and you have to pinch little things. It's annoying. Get the ones that don't fold, um, but the legs fold down. It's great. Also, um, just one more little resource and one tip. I may have mentioned this in past shows, but I I love TV trays. I, I buy a pack of four at Walmart for like 20 bucks. I use them for game tables. Like if I need four kids um, to have a, a tray of cotton balls and they need to pick the cotton balls up and put them in another cup, I each one of those kids has their own private little table. Uh, it's great. They're just the right size. I also use them for, like I said, uh, for small tables when I'm when I'm doing traveling ministries. I use them for magic skits. You can just put a, a throw over them if you need to to hide that they're a TV tray, but most of the time it doesn't matter. You can take them to schools and use them. They're great. They're perfect, and they're cheap. Uh, and they, get, they look good. They look good, especially if you get you the pine ones, the white ones. They're great. So that's our resources. If you have one, of course you can email them and uh, call them in. Let me, uh, before we get out of here, I'd like to say thank you, Jennifer. Thank you again for coming on. You're welcome. Uh, I might mention that Jennifer and I do a podcast together every week called Geek Loves Nerd at geeklovesnerd.com where we talk about things from a geek perspective and a nerd perspective. Uh, before you get offended, Jennifer uh, is a very smart person, valedictorian, CPA, all that stuff. So she is the nerd, and uh, I'm a dork, and I'm the geek. And it's a great show. It's about marriage stuff real life stuff 
and a lot of people are blessed by it. So check it out at geeklovesnerd.com. Um, our website is cmmonthly.com. Our email, cmmonthly at gmail.com. Our voicemail, 206-600-5704. Make sure you tell somebody. If you found us through iTunes, go on there and give us a review. We'd love it, and it would get us moved up to some of the featured pages in iTunes. Uh, Till next month, this is James and uh, my co-host Jennifer. Thank you for listening. God bless. God bless.